0: The pandemic changed everything. That should go without saying. The whole nation shifted. But moving beyond the macro changes, there were also changes in smaller pockets of American society. We've already talked about how businesses and schools had to transition overnight to remote work and remote learning. Other organizations had to change and continue to change. The political sphere was as volatile as ever, perhaps even more volatile with political leaders and influencers from both sides throwing accusations at the other. And those who associate with a particular side were very much taking part of all of it.
1: But what about the pockets of American society that are thought to be a beacon of hope and guidance in times of upheaval? Religious institutions seem to occupy that space in some shape or another, even in our modern age. And for a country that has had such a far-reaching connection to Christianity, The question of how the American church carried itself during the pandemic is an important one.
0: In this episode, we ask, how did the American church respond? How did the American church's cultural influence change? All that and more on this edition of the podcast.
1: We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning.
0: Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. five episode seven.
1: Oh yeah here we are
0: good to Talk see you to Luke
1: how, good to see you too looking very nice with your collared shirt here I am sitting oh. in my robe <laughs> again comfort <laughs> is king comfort is king comfort in context the two seats <laughs> who are king I like
0: how I like how the um that window behind you yes. is, is blocked out <laughs> yeah. by a curtain
1: yeah and then my face on the video is, like, dark. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah. darkness. Yeah, m- hello, darkness, room. my old friend. Yeah. That's what the I room's saying.
0: looking nice and warm in terms of lighting. Oh, thank that's you. for sure.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: It's and that's time. the preferred. That's my preferred state of being, I think. Yeah, warm. Yeah. <laughs> warm, both in body temperature. And in um, lighting. You know, external temperature. <laughs> yeah. Light temperature, even. Yeah,
1: warm. That's all I want. <laughs> Not hot. Nice. All right. Shall we get into (laughs) Talking about the pandemic. Oh, boy. All right. Let's go for it. Okay, great. I guess we'll just jump into question number one. All right. A question from the pew.
0: Question one: How do the American Church respond? Mm. <laughs> well, I've got some thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I won't even say it's an interesting question because it's mostly just a tough question at this point. I don't even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. That's fair because it really depends on, um, on where you place yourself sure. in the American Church.
1: That's right? fair. Well, and it's just tough to. I just don't even want to talk about it it's a, it's a tough time in the history of not to say that there hasn't been many tough times in the history of the church but
0: just, well know. let's just not talk about it let's just <laughs> all right question two, question two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah do you want to start yeah um
0: yeah like i was saying it really depends on where you place yourself in the american church sure because you could see yourself uh, you could see the american church as having responded really well or really poorly or somewhere in between hopefully like obviously we come from a particular place in the american church as a whole our listeners are coming from different you know from various places as well i want to be i think as as um as broad with this question as possible right so the american church as a whole wherever um whatever that means um, but I think overall, there are a few things that kind of stick out to me as having been, um, I guess, major trends within that season of, like, of being in the thick of the pandemic. Sure. Especially early on, I guess. Mm. Um, but one was there was just a lot of infighting uh, within, I'm not even talking about within denominations or people from the same kind of tradition, but just overall... Um, uh yeah christianity in all its different forms in america i think there was just a lot of uh yeah there was a lot of it went beyond bickering it um it got yeah really close to yeah yeah i don't know yeah there's just a lot of infighting yeah for sure Um, and it didn't help things
1: right well that's what i i mean it's almost like the answer to the question how did the american church respond the most succinct answer is it didn't. <laughs> it didn't respond. Because it just felt like whatever category of person that you were, you just followed whatever that category of person was doing in the world. You know what I'm saying? So like, What do you mean by category of person? I mean, in any category. So political, mm. racial, ethnic. I mean, so like, for instance, I don't know. It just seemed like, you know, white Republican Christians Just certainly looked a lot like white Republican, you know, non-Christians or nominal Christians or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And it just seemed like everybody, you know, Democratic people, everyone just had, well, that's, I guess that's the interesting thing about, obviously, the pandemic forced a response. And that's where it didn't seem like anybody was happy, whether whatever side of the political spectrum or whatever, you know, social category you fell into. It's like no one seemed happy with how churches were responding. And it was mostly because, ch- like, I mean, to be, a to be like, you know, generous, I think churches didn't know what to do, obviously, because we haven't faced anything like this, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, wow, we can't physically meet, you know. At least I don't think anybody, in a, like, who's living today was in any pandemic like this. I feel like the last one was, like, Spanish flu or whatever um, 100 years ago. Anyway, so to to be generous, like, I don't think anybody had, you know, come into contact with a event like this. But then at the same time, it just seemed, I don't know, at least th- that's, this isn't entirely true. So there, there are some that had a very, they, they like had a response and they, you know, stuck to it. But it seemed like at least the churches I attended, uh, it was like, We're doing this, and then it's like, oh, we got really bad feedback from our members, so now we're doing this. You know what I mean? And it was just like we're not – there's no consistency Mm. uh, or, like, one rule that we're following. It's just kind of like – which I think reflected the national situation, which we talked about earlier. There was a
0: lot of pivoting that that was happening.
1: Right, exactly. And so that's where – yeah. Well, I don't think anybody was happy because on one week, one group would be happy. It's like, great, we – you know social distanced and masked or whatever and then like the next week it's like oh we're not doing that anymore and then three weeks later it's like we're doing it again and it's like <laughs> you know what's <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and so then it's angry every other week it's angering somebody mm-hmm. um which was just an it was an interesting time to be a church goer because I, I so the church that I went to opened up I guess early 2021 um I don't know. When did your church open up? Because um, for a while it was just virtual, really f- at least right. most, most churches. Maybe some churches yeah. didn't. But that's that's the thing.
0: It's like like the whole virtual and then switch back to you know in person, hybrid, in person, whatever that looked yeah. like for different churches. That was so varied based on yeah, yeah. how big the church was and the space that was available to
1: them. Sure, sure.
0: Um, Honestly, I'm not even, like, I'm so foggy with all the timelines of, yeah, like, during that well, right. season.
1: Well, maybe it's a good thing to go through it a little bit. Because, like, so obviously right when it happened, most churches, like most businesses, it was like, you know, it's going to be a mm-hmm. few weeks or whatever. It'll be fine. We're going to shut down. It'll be fine. Um And then, obviously, that stretched for m- most of 2020, I feel like, from most churches. Maybe not all. um, But a lot of churches stayed virtual. And then 2021, they st- we st- at least, like, my church, and then, like, you know, I know other churches, it was, like, we can gather, but then you have to follow all the protocols, right? Like, the mm-hmm. mask wearing and the... Sure. Yeah. And then I feel like from there, it just kind of was, like, nobody knows what's happening. <laughs> Some churches were just, like, we're open, and it's, like, okay. Other churches were, like, we're literally staying virtual and not meeting until mm-hmm. they tell us the pandemic's over. uh, Anyway, so... And to be fair, the church isn't like a centralized body, so I don't think it should like, I don't think there should be one, you know, the Pope says we have to do this or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, if you're a Roman Catholic, I guess that is what, how you function. I, I wonder how the they thing. handle the pandemic. It's another interesting question. Anyway, um, I don't know. So, so it just felt like we just fell into our faction, you know, our mm-hmm. factions and not our religious yeah. faction, but our socio-political factions and then that's just what we did you know
0: (laughs) well I would I wouldn't even I would push back a little bit on that and say I think a lot of it was there was still a religious faction sure there as well because I feel like the wider division between like liberal and conservative there was a blurring between those lines and then especially a blurring between like the adjectives that are paired with it so you know, politically liberal and conservative or theologically liberal liberal and conservative. Sure. I felt like that area became so gray really quickly, and the way churches responded, you know, you know, in a political sense, um, they... It was blended with the way, you know, they approached theology, that sort of thing, like... um, struggling to think of examples here
1: yeah sorry not quite or what do you mean they're like gray or i get who are you talking like what are the two groups and then what do you mean they grade
0: so like the 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 division between liberal and conservative usually it's um Is, are usually, you talking political
1: political well,
0: well that's what i'm saying so there's uh. there's usually two forms of you know ideas of you know pegging someone as liberal Sure. Uh, you're usually talking in a political sense or a theological sense sure. and there's some interplay between those two but sure. during the pandemic i feel like that interplay it was harder to differentiate where one began and one ended and how one affected the other uh, sure. um, and you kind of touched on it earlier um how people like fell into their um fell into their particular um factions sure and the um the political and theological aspects became very much enmeshed in that liberal column and then you know the conservative column so sure churches that were um, that were all about you know taking extra precautions you know going sure. and staying virtual as long as possible or sure. uh, masking up as as much as possible um you know following every state you know, regulation um, in some corners of Christianity, they viewed them as kind of more liberal Christians and sure. um, more more liberal theologically um, and kind of lumped the political side of things along oh. with that well, and vice what, versa as well. Because I don't,
1: I mean, I guess my, so my exposure is it, like I don't really have much exposure to like liberal church denominations. Like I'm thinking like mainline Protestant, you know, Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't attend or know any... I mean, I guess I know a few people who t- attend, but not, like, closely. So that's where I, I think I'm more just referring to... Like, everyone's, for the most part, theologically conservative. If we're saying, like, committed to the creeds and, you know, all the, you know... I mean, even in some senses to the evangelical pillars, you know. But then, I, yeah, so I guess what I meant was that, like, the political, which... I mean, all throughout evangelicalisms, we have lots of different, you know, political, we've talked about this many times, but like, you know, there's lots of different political positions within, you know, evangelicalism. Um, And it just felt like more and more we fell in, like, that's what, and we've talked about this before, even just a couple episodes ago about how the world responded or how America responded, is we just, we fell into political camps. And then, like, it was like our church identity didn't, you know, didn't really mm-hmm. factor in. Or if it did, it's just used to, as, like, a, you know, a justification, which we should use the Bible to justify our actions. So that's, like, the thing. Right. I, guess, I guess it's, you know, who's reading the Bible and, like, who gets to decide, mm-hmm. you know, what it's saying to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's Would well,
0: like, you say, then, like, the, the political side of things kind of envelop the more theological
1: yeah, well, well, the thing is...
0: Because you're saying that sure, sure. kind of fell more into their political factions yeah. and that kind of took primacy. Sure.
1: Yeah, I think... If I'm
0: understanding you correctly.
1: I guess... Yeah. Well, it's hard because it, it depends on what we mean by theological. If we mean, like, ethereal truths about God, such as, you know, or Jesus, like, you know, he's divine and human or Trinitarian, I don't think it affected those. But then if we're talking, like, theological, like, you know... What are the main themes of the Bible and what is its call on our life? Then yeah, I think I think like liberal and conservative political Christians also have theological differences, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I guess I'm subsuming ethics within theology. Sure. As well. Yes. So, you know, that in this case like obviously our theology affects our our ethics. Um, sure. There's an interplay between the two and so you know, churches who are more I guess I should have said it this way. Churches who are more um, um, who place more emphasis than their conservative, you know, quote unquote conservative counterparts on social issues, are often viewed, at least in conservative circles, as liberal. Sure,
1: I mean that's probably true. Well, I guess it's.
0: And so those are the the lines sure. that I was saying that are that they got really. Blurred um, in those kinds of distinctions and pegging people in sure. uh, which camp they are became. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess really volatile.
1: I guess if we want to label the Bible as liberal in the sense that it cares about social issues, <laughs> then we can do that. <laughs> but I don't think it makes a whole like you know. I mean, yeah, this isn't a, you know, we're not trying to talk about politics a ton here. But I get, the, I mean, the unfortunate thing is. What the pandemic did is it, it like, forced you into a resp- a political response, which mm-hmm. some would argue every action that you take in this world is a political action, also a theological action. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's the – and in the Bible, politics and theology are, you know, and in the ancient world, they're just connected. You know, that's, a, that's just a thing. So we can't, you know, we can't sit here and pretend that any church could have taken a non-political stance or a non-theological stance because that's all that they, they could have done. You know what I mean? I think...
0: Yeah, you you kind of were left with no option. Right. But to well, and I think that's that like
1: the, the problem is that the environment we live in is within politics, there's just two teams. And if you're not, you know, everyone, it's just, it's so hard not to be a part of the two teams or one or the other team, I should say. Uh And so that's where... I I think church leaders got a lot of flack, maybe rightly so in some cases, but just got a lot of flack because if they did one thing, it was seen as counter, not only counter my political view, but counter the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then if they yeah. did another thing, it wasn't just counter my political views, this is counter right. the Bible, um, yeah. which in some cases maybe it was, but... Anyway, I think it was just a, it was a tough time to be somebody calling shots at a church, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was interesting to me was like the the common thread of, um. The common thread of like. Of the goal being loving my neighbor, so my my actions, whatever they may have been, were prompted by loving my neighbor. Whether that's, you know, masking up or. Or, you know, going virtual for an extended period of time, or even staying open in the midst of, you know, what was happening, and trying to minister and care for your congregation. Or sure. Whatever. Um, yeah, it was founded still on the the goal of loving sacrificially, loving your neighbor sacrificially, and sure. Um, yeah, it was tough to to see. Um. Yeah, such divergent um such diverse actions and responses yeah. based on kind of that a unify what i saw as a sure um hopefully a unifying um you know thread in between but yeah. it kind of brought a lot of a lot more division sure uh, than it did kind of constructive conversations about what it means in this season sure uh, to to love that well without to love your neighbor well without um being forced into you know one camp or the other
1: sure yeah no i'm i'm with you i mean we've we've touched on like some of these things in the podcast like we've touched on some cursory issues or like uh, related topics to the pandemic of like you know uh i'm trying to think well like conspiracy theory like it kind of depended on what world you lived in to your point of like people's responses to, let's say, love your neighbor or love your enemies. We always forget about that one conveniently. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, but the response to love, you know, people. I think that, like, the church is living in two different worlds, which is dominated by these political, you know, these political entities or, like, political, uh, I guess, sides. Yeah, political parties. And so that's, like... I guess that's why I say we fell into the our camps is because it was it seemed like the the primary like ideological shaper of how we responded was not the Bible, and it was mostly well, sure, the Bible was used, I guess that's where it gets dicey, right It's like the Bible was used to say you know we're listening to the Bible, but then it it was so i I guess to me it was so shaped through ideological political lenses, you know. And I mean, I mean, to be fair, like, let's just name the problem, like either, you know, either the, you know, the pandemic's not a big deal and we don't have to worry about it. That's either, that's either true or the pandemic's a big deal and it's going to hurt people. So we should be concerned about it. Like those are two exclusive, you know, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? (laughs) claims. There you go. Mm-hmm. Those are two exclusive claims about the world. You know what I'm saying? And so that's where it's like I don't know, it, and obviously one political party was making one claim and the other political party was making the other claim. And it just seemed like churches were happy to just let that be the end of, you know, the end of their looking into the topic, you know what I mean? It's like, "Oh, what what political party are most of us perfect? That's what we believe." <laughs> it's like I guess. I, I guess if that's like all we want to think about. Uh, and that's both sides. Obviously, I have a political, like I land a certain way in the political spectrum. I would, I like to think it's different for every issue because I would look at the issue and then look at the Bible and then say, oh, I think this side has it right or neither side has it right. You know, anyway, so I just, yeah, it just felt like we fell into the camps rather than, you know, letting the Bible guide us, which I understand is a much more difficult thing to do, um, and a lot of people don't know. Like, you know, they just trust their church leader. You know, that's that's all that they have, and that's totally understandable. Uh, and you should, I think. Uh, anyway, it was just tough. It's, I feel like it was. Uh, it was we got exposed. That's what I feel like. The American church got exposed, mm-hmm. um, and that's always what you know, trials or like, you know, extreme circumstances do as they expose your character. And so I just feel like we got exposed for the highly politically ideological informed entity, disunified entity that we already were. (laughs) It just got exposed, Mm. you know, anyway. Mm. Well,
0: that might be a good segue into question two then. Yeah. Um, with that kind of like picture in mind.
1: Question number two. How did the American church's cultural influence change? Mm.
0: Yeah, this is a good one. Well, going off of what you had just said about kind of exposing the, the fault lines uh, within churches, or yeah. between churches and traditions, I think it might have eroded societal confidence in the church a bit more. Sure, um, and that was already waning. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, um, especially with, yeah, well, we've talked about that in, about it in in past episodes, um, but it's almost a like a, a relic of the past to say, or to think that the church or a religion in uh, in any respect, I guess, but particularly in our context, the American church uh, has an influence. Um, you know, in society, uh, it's all there's almost a a feeling of we've moved past that point where we need uh, an institution like the American Church sure. uh, to kind of guide and direct and provide guidance for for societal life. Um, and the how we responded um, in the pandemic did not help kind of shore up those. Um, those cracks in, in cultural um, confidence, societal confidence. And I guess, I think I, I think we use the, the, the term like cultural influence. And I guess I should, I want to be careful about when, how I use that because in some circles, the goal is not to gain cultural influence. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, But, uh, it almost, it's almost a, there's almost an allergic reaction to. Sure. uh, avoid, um, gaining cultural influence. True. But there's something to be said, right, about yeah. um, society as a whole viewing, you know, yeah. in our case... Well, like doing American anything, Church you're going to influence
1: type. the people around you. So it's... Right,
0: yeah. But uh, but I think influence and confidence are pair, can be paired together because not only yeah. were we losing influence before, um, but there was just a lack of confidence... It, the, the confidence in what the church could offer in that uh in a season like that. Um uh, that that got eroded more as well. And obviously that has a detrimental effect on the influence that we have. So sure. as confidence goes, so influence um goes with it.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, yeah, to your point I think I think confidence was already like decreasing. Uh, just because of things that have, I mean, honestly, the history of the American church, but as it's, you know, led up to today, um, well, and it's, you know, no one ever humans, we don't ever like get rid of our religious belief or like, you know, I guess you could call it spirituality or whatever, but that's like, I think like the reason why the church is waning is because like, you know, our mainstream culture is giving people like a spiritualism that they like that works in the world. Or at least, like, has, you know, kind of works. And by that, I just mean, like, you know, I mean, you ask most people, and it's like, you know, I'm not, maybe not most. You ask a lot of people, and it's like, you know, I'm not a part of like an institutional religion, but, you know, I'm very like spiritual or religious. Or, and, you yeah, know, that's a key
0: phrase, right? That's a, I'm very spiritual. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I, I think by that, they just mean like, you know, there is like this connectedness. I don't you know a spiritual is a hard thing to pin down, which i I think is why it's a good word because like like the reality of spiritual you know human real- or like the human uh uh experience of spirituality is hard to pin down, so it like kind of works but um anyway, so I think people have like bought into just like cultural you know it the culture gives me the spiritualism that I need, you know what I mean, or you know maybe i Take it further in my own way or whatever um and so because there's that alternative when the church is wild out, it's like you know we don't have to like there's there's a decent alternative in the culture you know and i can be a spiritual mm-hmm. person and i don't have to right. deal with like this and that's where i mean to be completely honest with you just the more i learn about the bible i don't know if i've said this on the podcast but the more I learn about the Bible, the more disillusioned I get with the American church. <laughs> uh specifically the, the churches I attend, which are white churches. Um and so that's where like I actually think that the disillusionment is like sometimes well placed, <laughs> you know. Uh and I don't and I'm committed as a Christian who, you know, is committed to the church. You know, I'm committed to trying to make the church into something that I think is faithful to the Bible and therefore will be you know, will build confidence in how the world views the church. You know what I mean? I think I don't think that anybody in the world is getting upset with the church because the church is being too kind to our enemies and helping too many people, you know, in in tough situations. I think it's because they look at us and they say, Y'all think you're awesome, but you're not any different than us, so why are you? Why are you pretending to be? You know what I mean?
0: Well to your point too about alternatives, like the whole thing and your question about so what what makes you different from us or this Yeah. Like religion in general has had changing views of, you know, well, religion is a way to explain what can't be explained at that, you know, at that point. Right. Sure. So but science has since then sure kind of overtaken that need. So okay, there's the alternative to that side of religion. Or sure. is it a functional sort of thing where um you know it it's a uh, it provides um, provides in the in a dark sense, right? It provides power to the uh, you know, a certain class and sure. then it, you know, they are able to lord over yeah. lower classes. Yeah. Right. So there's that. Um, but then there's also a view of religion that is purely functional in that, oh, it's a way, it's a method, it's a means by which a nation or a group of people is unified. And Mm. that's a central unifying element uh, or or unifying technology, if you want to use that kind of terminology, uh, towards that end. But then you get through seasons of pandemic and all the political upheaval that we've been through. Okay, well, there's an alternative for that because the church, you know, religion um, is clearly not providing that. Uh, And so there are a ton of... To your point, like like different alternatives um, that have, you know, in the minds of the larger society, I think, uh, replaced the need for religion and, you know, in our particular case, the American church. Sure. Um, And so I don't know. Yeah, the question is, how are we going to. The question is, and I think always has been, how do we how are we differentiated from Mm. those means within society of you know achieving those goals and not to say that that is the goal yeah. but there's got to be something uh within the way we are um the way we view life all those things that makes us unique um agree i mean it's not by happenstance right that the church has you know christianity has survived um this long sure um i'm not saying everything is you know rosy and. Field of daisies, you <laughs> yeah. know, in, in America, in the church's history, um, but you can't, you can't just overlook that. Sure, uh, where, you know, in you know, during the days of the Roman I- Empire, there was a plague, right? Yeah. But the Christians didn't l- leave; they chose to stay and care for the most vulnerable, mm-hmm. and that's often, you know, put up in some circles I say that's the model of the church that we should have. Yes. Um, that was very countercultural, right? In that time, and there were a lot of Christians that end up dying because of sure. that decision. So sure. that we can't overlook that. Um, but in an age where a lot of that care is happening outside of the religious realm, wh- what is our place now? How do sure. we how do we influence culture? How do we um, gain that confidence um, yeah. of society.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess to me it's just, it's. A, I mean, it, we have how to do it, or not how, but, like, we have a book that we call Holy and God's Word and Sacred that models it and teaches us, not necessarily in the most, like, easy to understand way, but, you know, through meditating on it, we gain wisdom and how to do that, you know what I mean? And, I mean, mm-hmm. it's summed up in, you know, Jesus summing up the, you know, Old Testament, which is, you know, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> you know I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, which you know, easier said than done. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, you look around the church, and it's not their actions, yeah, right. Yeah, and it's not being it's not being done. You know, I mean, it is in some. I'm, and once again, we're broad strokes here, so not to say that there aren't many churches that are. I think you know, staying faithful to God's call, and uh, yeah, and I think they're probably, I'm sure they have a great influence in their community, you know what I mean? Uh, because, you know, people know that church and they know how they behave and what they're about. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think if our, if our message that we bring to the world is escape hell after you die and go to heaven, here, believe these set of intellectual, intellectual uh, pillars, you're good to go. I think if that's what we have to offer the world, we don't even, we don't deserve any cultural influence. It's, you know that's and one I don't think that's what the Bible is message to the world is. I think you know the afterlife is a is like a part of a larger theme about how God's mm. love is powerful and conquers even death. You know, so that that's a part of what the whole thing's about. Um, but if that's all we it's have, the whole. yeah. If if that's a, if that's all we have, I you know I think it it's not wrong that we are waning in cultural influence mm-hmm. um so that to me my whole goal is if we can actually get back to the bible's message which i think there are many there's organizations that are doing it and churches that are doing it uh i think i think the main the main chunk of american christianity i don't know if they're doing it and i don't think it's perceived that way by the wider public you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think if i you, think you I, hit the nail on oh, the go ahead.
0: head when you said like it's very much a localized sort of thing where like you, you are embedded in your community and your community knows you. So there's a lot of grace that happens, uh, there. Right. And, um, and that's, I mean, looking back, I think that that is where the most fruitful, um, approaches to loving neighbor. That's the context in which it was happening in those small local churches. Um, Maybe because they were out of the limelight and they weren't big and hitting the news because of you know one decision or the other, sure um, but I thought logistically they were just able to pivot better um and care for their communities in a more meaningful way because it was so localized, so I don't yeah I don't, hopefully you know our listeners don't walk away from this podcast thinking, oh they're just dogging about or're just dogging the church about the way it responded I think sure. there's a part of that, but I think that. At least for me, there were pockets of okay, these these churches are doing it really well as yeah. best as they can in a hard season. Sure. And those efforts, those churches, need to be um, you know, duly applauded yeah, for sure. The way they approached it.
1: Well, I guess the funny thing about God's people throughout the Bible and it seems like church history, is they're <laughs> We're just always getting it wrong, but then there's this faithful remnant, which persists. You know, in Israel, you know, most of the people were not following, you know, you know, the Torah or you know God's instruction for them on how to how to be His people and His priests in the world. You know, so most of them aren't. But then there's like, you know, it'll talk about these faithful individuals and families, you know, who actually are. You know what I mean? And so I don't. It's, it, the tough thing is. It seems like a theme throughout the Bible. Oh, definitely is in the Bible. But then I don't. I guess it rings true for me, where it seems like God's people, like you know, there's just a big chunk of us. And once again, I'm. This is with all humility because I don't know anything in the world. <laughs> but it just seems like you know, the the most we can hope for with the church sometimes is you know a faithful remnant, uh, and yeah, like you say, I think duly applauded is the right phrase for the remnant anyway something to think about
0: (laughs) i think it's a good place to end too
1: agreed thanks for listening to another episode if you'd like to support us financially you can do so on patreon it's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew if you can't support us financially please give us a good rating or review on itunes or whatever platform you're listening on and that will help others find our podcast Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram.
0: You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com.
1: For Questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalametta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time.